The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. to the hollow sky podcast we're your hosts i'm steven and i'm kyle so thanks for tuning in with us and thanks for telling all of your dope friends to check us out because that's kind of how this thing works you know yeah kyle. it does work that way pretty much awesome um ever since we released the stardust ranch episodes we've had tons and tons of positive feedback so Kyle's going in again. Let's go. Going in again, part four. So after we get through this business, we're going to just fucking head right back down that rabbit hole. First, check us out at all your social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. There is a TikTok page that I never update because I'm not good at that. But search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and come and hang out with us. Share memes, weird stories you find, all that typical cool bullshit just go ahead and do that that'd be dope if you've got a paranormal encounter you'd like to share with us uh kyle's going to tell you how to do it you can record yourself on your smartphone or yeah probably your smartphone is probably the easiest way to do it tell us your story shoot it over to the email which is going to be hollow sky podcast at gmail.com you can also write your story out and we'll make steve read it hell yeah because that's just what we do over here. And yeah, any any way you can get us your story, we'll get it on the show. You know, whether it's on any of our social media or the email. Just do that and we're good to go. We got a couple ways you can support the show. We have a Patreon set up. Search up Paul's Sky Podcast. Go over there, find a tier you like. And you can support the show that way. Get some cool swag, some extra little uh, episodes, mini episodes, where it's pretty much just me and Kyle talking trash. Um, we also have a Venmo account. That's yeah. it. If you want to hop on over and buy us a monster or 20, thousand, throw some money in the Venmo. Uh, but the best way you can support us is jumping over to your podcatcher, wherever you listen to your podcast and leaving us a rating and review, preferably five stars. But if not understandable, we're not everybody's cup of tea. That being said, um, the last two weeks, our ratings and reviews have doubled, which it is fucking awesome. Let's get it. I'm probably going to get a bad rating for saying that F word, but... That's okay. Whatever. It's kind of who we are. <clears throat> if you leave us a five-star rating and review, we'll gladly shout you out. Today's five-star comes from our friend Josh. It's five stars, highly entertaining. I highly recommend this to anyone, even if you aren't really into some of the topics, you'll find it entertaining. I'm always excited to see what the next episode brings. Awesome job, Kyle and Steve. Keep up the good work, Josh. Well, thanks, Josh, for taking the time to go over there and boost our egos a little bit. Yeah, we appreciate that. Love hearing that. Um, the thing that I missed that needs to be spoken on is I'm um, shouting out our new patrons. That's kind of taken off, too, in the last two weeks. So thank you guys for the support. Um, our new patrons this week are Kyle, Steven, Ben, and Ricky. Thank you guys so much for 
supporting the show. You don't know how much it means to us. It's definitely dope. Absolutely. On to our listener encounter of the day. This one comes from our friend Artemis. Uh, here it is. It's a Bigfoot encounter. Hey guys, this is Artemis. I just wanted to start by saying I love your guys' podcast. It's super entertaining. You guys are doing a great job. A friend recently referred me to it, and ever since I've been on a listening binge. But anyway, um, I have kind of a personal account uh, about Bigfoot. So I'm 18 now, but when I was maybe six or seven, my family would go on camping trips, uh, tent camping up in the forest. And one of our favorite spots was a place called Shelburne Falls up in the hills of Oregon. And it was pretty secluded. There weren't very many people that usually would be up there, um, but they had a pretty nice little campground. And so we would go tent camping up there. And it was one of my favorite places to go. My parents got married up there. And so it just, I loved it. And anyway, this was when my little sister was a baby and we would joke and call her cougar bait because she would constantly be crying. And so we're like, oh, cougar bait, she's gonna attract cougars, you know, just playing fun. Anyway, um, one night she was crying quite a bit and apparently, so I did not know this, uh, but later on, like just recently, my parents told me this story and um, I had no idea that this is what had happened, but apparently Bigfoot doesn't like babies crying, so it will politely try to, or in most cases, I think, politely try to kind of warn you to basically shut up your your babies make it stop crying because they don't like the crying sound and so apparently one night my sister was crying quite a bit and um my parents were in one tent with the baby and me and my other siblings were in the other tent and so we were all sleeping but my dad said um that he kept hearing this little tink uh, like on the tent wall on the fabric like a little pebble hitting the the tent and this was kept happening throughout the night and he didn't really think too much about it. And then the next morning he saw that there was a little pile of pebbles at the base of the tent, like where it had kept hitting and falling. And um, then, so just recently they've told me the story and that he thinks that it was Bigfoot telling him to make the baby stop crying. And so I had no idea that that had even happened, but um, it, I wasn't scared at all camping up there, but we always kind of still, we believed in Bigfoot. I mean, we're from Oregon. We used to, I grew up watching the Bigfoot hunting TV show and I absolutely loved it. We used to live on um, some forested acreage. And so we would go out on our deck at night and like do the Bigfoot calls across the lake just for fun. So I grew up doing that and we just were Oregonian. So we're like, oh yeah, no, of course Bigfoot exists. But, um, never seen anything, but I just kind of take my dad's word for it that that was kind of a strange encounter and that, I mean, he thinks that it was Bigfoot kind of telling us to make the baby stop crying. Um, so yeah, that's just my, my short little story. Sorry. Um, so keep up the good work guys. Love to hear more of your guys' podcasts. Bye. First off, Artemis, thank you so much for submitting your story and all the kind words about the show. We're glad you like it. We're glad to have you on board, and we hope you enjoy everything else we do. Um, another note, I call Kyle Cougar Bait as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So what's up? Bringing it back around. Uh, that is, I had never actually heard the Bigfoot baby correlation. I haven't heard that either. Which is interesting to me because I think about how the Bigfoot doesn't like the baby crying. And then it makes me think about uh, like Wendigo mimicking. Yeah. Baby crying. Maybe these two are like mortal enemies. Natural nemeses out in the wild. That is a fantastic thought process. Because right now, the first thing I was thinking when all I think about is. Bigfoot, Wendigo, and the Mortal Kombat theme music. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's, awesome. It's the only it's the only actual answer. It is because I mean, I'm actually I do appreciate you bringing that up because I'm gonna look deeper into it because I'd never heard of it before. But that was the first place my mind went to when you were talking about how you had heard that the Bigfoot wants to deter the baby crying. Yeah, it's almost like if the Wendigo 
uses the baby mimicking to lure people into the woods as potential victims. The Bigfoot, in turn, is trying to protect humans from potential Wendigo attacks. That would be interesting. I'm way off track. I mean, it's interesting, to um, say the least. I am. Without a doubt. Um, another thing that is a possibility, instead of it being more annoyed by the baby cry itself, Bigfoot does throw shit at people who enter its territory. So maybe it was more of a territorial thing, and the baby cry would have obviously given away the position of everybody, you know, and that's just another thought as well. Um, but it does, I mean, it, it does add up that you, it very well could have been a Bigfoot in at least the, the vicinity kind of messing with you guys. The only thing that I wish you would have added to the story was at the end of your story, you said that you guys will stand on the porch and do Bigfoot calls <laughs> You should have totally added a Bigfoot call. Yeah. If you call back in and give us a dope-ass Bigfoot call, we'll totally put it on the show. Absolutely. 100%. And then I'm just going to put it put it on a bullhorn and stick it out Steve's window and call Bigfoot. We'll, we'll put it on the mixer and we'll play it every time we talk about a Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. That'd be sick as fuck. Winning. But I do know um, kind of that fear of being out in the woods and in just a tent, which you know provides zero shelter yeah. whatsoever. When me and my youngest boy went on a Boy Scout camping trip uh, two years ago, 2018, yeah, two and a half, something like that. Anyway, we're out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri with the Boy Scout troop, and I've told the story before on the show, so just fast forward if you don't want to hear it again. But it was probably, we were sleeping in a tent. I woke up at about, I don't know, probably 2.30. It was late. And I woke up to wood knocks and series of threes out in the middle of the fucking woods where nobody else should be. I mean, yeah, I was in a Boy Scout camp. Could have been Boy Scouts doing Boy Scout shit, wood knocking. I don't know. It was weird, though. <laughs> it kind of sent shivers down my spine knowing that I don't have any shelter. Well, about, I about gathered Maddox up and was like, hey, let's go sleep in the car, dog. Let's get the fuck you, out of here. You just would have had to fist fight it. That was the same time that I punched whatever I was trying to get in the tent. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was probably Bigfoot. Trying to get the Nutter Butters. It was probably Bigfoot. Don't fuck with the Nutter Butters. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to argue with that logic at all. But yeah, definitely an interesting story. If um, I'm curious, since you do live in the Pacific Northwest, do you have any other accounts as well? Or has your dad, I know your dad was the one that recounted this story. Have they had any other run-ins with uh, possible squatchy activity? It'd be interesting to know since we live in the middle of the Midwest. We're kind of squatchy here, but in nothing. Suckville. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, thanks for submitting your story and uh, thanks for supporting the show. Yeah, We're we glad, appreciate glad it. Glad to have a you lot. aboard. So now, Kyle's about ready to take us back to fucking Stardust. So before we get there, you know what time it is? A word from our unofficial sponsors. Yeah, are you listening, monster? Are you fucking listening yet? Ah, refreshing. It is. It smells crispy. Well, Kyle, take it away, dog. Yeah, I'll do my best. Um, it is interesting that so many people have really dug the Stardust story. I mean, me and Steve said it is one of our favorite paranormal stories because there's just so much. Everything is in it. Everything. And, you know, we did a three-parter, and a lot of the experiences that I covered in the first three sections are pretty well known in my opinion, as far as his story is concerned, because I've heard those sections before. Now I decided to go ahead and write another part and you may get one more part out of this. I'm not sure yet, but it's, it's absolutely ridiculous because so I dive back in where we had left off and he says in the book, John, he's like, all right. So for those who have stuck with us to this point, um, this is where things start to get weird. And me 
Like this is where it starts to get weird. That's John? that dude. That's what he claims. You were swinging gray aliens like a Louisville slugger, and also fighting them with samurai swords after you took your interdimensional doppelganger on a dinner date. Yeah, and this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird. Fucking and perfect. To be fair, it kind of does. Like it is. I don't think. I don't think it's as fantastic as like some of his original stories, but. It's more of like a, a proof crazy type situation. Like it's definitely weird. So I've uh, not to interject, but I am interjecting. Let's go. I did manage to get John's email. Let's go. So I was thinking about maybe trying to contact him, see if he wanted to come on the show and talk. If that's something that you guys would want to listen to, if you're interested in. Um, I know this dude has probably told his story fucking 50 million times oh, i'm sure so we thought maybe if he was interested we can just kind of I get, him, know, get him on and just, shoot the shit really yeah, just give give him the mic let him let him do what he wants to do so i don't know hit us up if you guys if that's something you guys want me to do reach out to john see if he wants to come on and talk if that's something you guys think is dope four years again uh, Kyle. i would think that's pretty cool but anyways so John goes on to explain how over the years, you know, the abductions were constantly happening. The markings on his body were ever consistent. And he notes his little fun fact that he's killed a lot of grays. <laughs> that is a statement that I'll never get tired of hearing. No, not at all. And then he, he also goes on to state that he doesn't feel bad about killing the little bastards either. And he says little bastards. He's such a fucking hard ass. I'm telling you, like, I love it. Um, But he also goes on to state at this point that he doesn't kill them anymore. In fact, he has made peace with the quote-unquote little bastards. And it's it's not like they came to a peaceful agreement. It's just like he kind of got over it. And he, he gave out a context in like, you know, stick your hand in a badger's hole and see if you don't get bit. Like, this, like what they were fighting was more of like territorial based than like a, like it's getting personal type situation. You know, he's like walking to a, a den of wolves. Bro, they tried to kidnap your wife. That is true. This is how he's rationalizing it, not me. Maybe it was more personal for her than it was for him. Uh, maybe, I don't know. They probably thought it was personal when he was bashing their fucking heads off the That's what I'm saying, balls. dude. So, in July of 2011, John was contacted by a Dr. Brandy. Now, apparently a third party was the one that hired her, and she was hired with the intention to help John with his current situation and dealing with the Greys, because the Greys are just... Once he made that like first contact with them, they're just forevermore. They're constantly around. They're constantly messing with him and just kind of fucking up his day, really. So a little insight on who this Dr. Brandy was. She was obviously a person that had a different look on the world and how she could help it. Her studies included herbology, pharma Ecology, nutrition, aromatherapy, iridology, homopathy, polarity therapy, acupressure, kinsology, reflexology, healing, vibrational therapies and remedies, animal communication, spiritual intuitive guidance, and bereavement assistance. <laughs> That is quite a fucking resume. I'm telling you, and it's kind of ridiculous in the doctor field because like I'm reading this, and when I got to reflexology, I'm like, do you assholes just put ology after everything? We're we're podcastologists. Yeah, and I'm an expert in toeology. That's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a fucking monsterologist. There you go. It's just I don't know. It's just ridiculous. So, anyways, I redact that f word for anyone that it offends. I apologize. Uh, so, you know, John, he's just like, screw it. Let's set a date when we're going to set this date for July 31st. Now, at this point, it kind of spins around and decides to dive into the individual that hired Brandy. And her name was a one, Cynthia T. Crawford. Now, 
This lady is a damn mystery in herself. She was born a fraternal twin, but she had different blood and tissue from her twin sister. Not only that, she was also the the first child to be born without an amniotic sac. Weird. Yeah, so she has Weird. no amniotic sac. She has a different blood type than her twin sister and different tissue type. So this, this is mind-boggling for me. All right, so Cynthia's story kind of officially starts with her father, and he, as a matter of fact, worked for the OSS during World War II. And for those of you who are kind of unfamiliar with the OSS, the OSS was basically the CIA before the CIA. He what is, goes. What does OSS stand for? Oh, I forgot. Let me look it up. Anyways. Carry on, sorry. He goes on to briefly explain how the Nazis were, in fact, in contact with aliens, and they were even creating UFOs for themselves. Selfish. So the the Nazis were basically in direct contact with these aliens, and these aliens were assisting them in building UFOs. And according to Cynthia's father, the Nazis had made a deal with the Draco reptilians of the Draco star system. These are the <laughs> of exact course they did. Right. These are the exact same reptilians that David Icke was talking about, and according to John, these reptilians have played in a, a massive role in the formation of our planet. Like it's so it's so much so to the point that in our daily lives you can't tell what's theirs and what's ours anymore. They've influenced us that much. That's creepy. It is. Um for those wondering, the OSS is the Office of Strategic Services. There you go. I knew it was strategic something. I did my research. Good job. Good job. What were the name of those reptilians? Uh, the Draco reptilians from the Draco star system. <laughs> Fuck yes. This is it's wild, dude. Perfect. So Cynthia's father, no doubt, was in the loop when it came to the Nazis and what they were doing. Even more so, when the Nazis shut shop and fled to Antarctica... Because apparently, according to John and his research with the Cynthia's father, like they were just like, yeah, the Nazis actually didn't lose World War II. What actually ended up happening was the Nazis were just like, you know what? I think we're done with this little thing that we got going on here. We're going to go ahead and pack up shop and we're going to go to Antarctica where really interesting shit is going on. Which, I mean, there is a trail, you know, suggesting yeah. that he did move down that way, Hitler and the Third Reich and all that shit. Check out our episode on Antarctica. Let's go. Um. Anyways, Cynthia's father was obviously in deep. You know, he, he was... And then, at this point, he was offered a job. And this job was... Real ludicrous. I mean, it was insanity. So, Cynthia had no idea about this this secret job that her dad was taking part in until about her thirties, when her father decided to come clean about what he had been doing. Take a wild guess of what that that mission job was, Steve. UFO stuff. Close. Well, you remember how I said Cynthia was a fraternal twin and she didn't have the same blood type or tissue type as her sister? Yeah. Well, apparently, Cynthia is actually an alien-human hybrid. And the OSS... Why, why wouldn't she be? ...actually created her from two different alien races and then combined it with human DNA. So she has three different types of DNA inside her. Did we... 
did we look into this before? I don't know. I think I watched a YouTube video with this woman talking. You might have. I watch a lot of weird shit on YouTube. Yeah, a lot more than me. Who she was definitely going hard about being an alien hybrid. Uh, this is probably her then. It might be a Netflix documentary. I don't know. Like I said, I watch some weird shit, but this is like some deja vu. Oh, it, it wouldn't surprise me because apparently she's a pretty big name in this field. Yeah. No, I mean, she, she has up. some pretty big claims. So, you know, she's literally claiming that she's an alien human hybrid. Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I mean, I don't have any reason not to trust her. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, in in the story here, this takes a little bit of uh, a swerve, but I do believe that applies to current situations of ours. So here we go. John goes into how people, when they hear about this, and by this I mean the secret mission and the the alien-human hybrid uh creation i guess that they automatically think that it is nefarious and evil well he explains how every human is linked through a collective consciousness after so long of being lied to everyone begins to believe and realize they are being lied to they might not have like definitive proof like they could they could actually accuse people and they have documentation of being lied to, but it's like this this sixth sense, like this feeling like, you know what? I feel like I feel like these people are, are lying to us. I feel like we're we're being tricked here and duped. And, you know, by what John's saying is that because we're all connected on this this consciousness level, is we're all assisting each other in figuring this out. Well, and I I have heard this several times, but apparently this is a real thing and the intelligence communities of our country and the world know about it and they, they know how to mitigate this problem. And what they'll do is they leak their information to Hollywood who then transplants these situations into movies, so like your your uh, Independence Day and just all these weird fucking movies. 
art imitating life. Right. And it's it's apparent it's like a way of being like I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's like easing your desensitizing us. Yeah, too. it's like easing your worry and that's what he, he goes on to explain is that what they're doing is they're they're showing it to you and by doing this it takes pressure off the hinges where people are just like Oh, I was just being a little paranoid, you know. I mean, it's in a freaking movie. Obviously, it's fake. I'm not really being tricked by the government. I'm not. I'm not being monitored twenty four seven. You know, it's just just movie stuff. You know, that I must must be where my thoughts are coming from. Or when they come out and they're like, "Hey, UFOs are real." Everyone's like, oh, "All right." I mean, I've seen Independence Day. Yeah, Will Smith kicked their ass. So if Will Smith can do it, I probably can't. But somebody else probably can. Will Smith still can. I know, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it does make especially be teamed up with. Uh, it would be a good. It would be a good uh, angle to take to desensitize the public, right? And and we've had studies before where At you least. found that video where the military was going to use something for like a what was it, like a recruitment or yeah something it like was, that. It was almost like a space force, but before the space force, right? Yeah, it was weird. I wish I would have paid attention when I found that. Yeah, me too. Anyways. Story of my life. Back to the crazy stuff. So, John goes on to explain how the world itself changed during World War II. That everything about it was a lie except a very select few things. Even, even the reasons we went to war were not told to the human race. And apparently no one won that war, like I was stating, that the Nazis just packed up and were like, yeah, we're just going to... Just going to head on down to Antarctica and check things out down there. Um, But back with Cynthia, when she was a a child, she was always going to medical facilities that were ran by clandestine military operations. She was put through alien abductions, examinations, impregnations, impossible healings, and also complete organ transplants. Now, Cynthia believes she was brought to this planet to help. And the theory with that is, is that by mixing the DNAs that she had, so she had the two alien parts to one human part, and then they would use a frequency. It kind of runs back to like what we've talked about in the past about spirits in general, your your soul or whatever label you want to call it, but it's it's energy. It's, it's, it's forever. You know, it never goes away. And by activating this frequency, it can more or less kind of beckon a call to the universe and have, which in this case would be Cynthia's, we'll just say soul, and it draws it into the into the body that they have created, if that makes sense. It's kind of hard to wrap your yeah, brain around. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and... And that's what she's claiming that her essence is actually from the universe itself. It's like, it's like from somewhere else. Like a satellite. Yeah, it's from somewhere else, and and that's what they claim with these superior alien races is that they use reincarnation. Like re- reincarnation for them is a hundred percent real. The only difference is to what we view as reincarnation in them is a little bit different because they are actually able to retain their knowledge. That's how they just keep advancing because they can, once they're, you know, this body dies, they go to another body, but they retain all that previous knowledge. They just keep on trucking. It's like an RPG. You keep leveling up as opposed to when you die having to start over. Exactly. Nerd shit. Nerd shit. (laughs) So. We need to make a shirt that says nerd shit. Hell yeah. So she was, you know, she was brought to the planet. But unfortunately, in 2017, she went to the ranch and she met John and she sat down and shared a conversation with him. And John, John goes on to say that like her visit with him was just one in a million. Like he'll never forget sitting down and being able to communicate with her. But when she came to that ranch, she had three brain tumors and she knew she was going to die. So and and John says it wasn't much longer after they sat down and had their conversation she passed away. That sucks. It does suck. It's but, almost like that was her last big purpose. Yeah. I know that's kind of what I was thinking. Get in touch with John. Yep. So 
Cynthia, that was kind of her backstory. And like I said, she was the one that hired this Brandy to come help John with his situation. And so here we go. This is this is the cool, so, weird shit. So was John in contact with the Greys before Cynthia? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like him fighting the Greys and shit? No, I meant like on an intellectual level. No. No. So this all, she's the gateway to this. Not Cynthia. It's this Brandy girl. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, but gotcha. But Cynthia gotcha, gotcha. knew of Brandy. She put Brandy two, two in, in con- yeah, she connected the dots for John. Because, right, yeah, all right. Clean so, up. like I said, Cynthia hired Brandy. She told Brandy that John was being attacked by a group of rogue greys. Now, apparently, Brandy herself had been abducted since she was four. And whatever these these abduct abductors did to Brandy, it gave her the ability to confront negative aliens. And I mean, it sounds wild, but at this point, you're here, and it's not that wild, right? No, we're, we're this is fucking part four, right? Exactly. That's not wild. Exactly. So, Brandy was ordered to go out to the ranch. And she brought two warriors from the constellation Sirius. And these war- warriors, they were, I mean, they were Syrians. And they were badasses. They carried uh, straight-up medieval broadswords. That was their choice. <laughs> and dude, Which I'd- sounds a lot like old boy who was living on the ranch prior to... Yeah, he even makes a mental note of it. He's like, I mean, when he first met him, he was kind of like dumbstruck. He was just like, holy shit, these guys are carrying straight up many. Like, when he saw these swords, he was like, I don't even know where you would get a sword like like that. They look authentic. They look legit. Like alien fighting swords? Yeah. So, but John made that mental connection with his sword. He was like, and I'm not even going to get into the odds of a sam- a legit samurai sword falling off the back of somebody's truck one day, and that's what was successful in dismantling Grace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, at this point, it just makes sense. <laughs> that's where I'm at. It's so, so, but here's, here's, here's just like a funny little fucking side note, is that the two badass Syrians, the warriors, carrying these big-ass broadswords... Their names were J and J. And I just I just thought that was hilarious. Like that, Men in Black? Agent J. Yeah, but they were both J. Yeah. K was Which probably, weird, t- K was probably another taken. synchronicity Will Smith connection. This is getting strange. I bet Will Smith is the actual owner of Stardust Ranch. I wouldn't doubt that. Wouldn't doubt it at that's all. That's the kicker. That's the that's the M night twist at the end of this. <laughs> Will Smith owns Stardust Ranch. I got to fucking figure it out, dog. I believe you. Shut it down. Yeah, we're done. That's episode. Episode done. No more story. No, but anyways, um, so on their way up to the ranch, Brandy and these two warriors, there was a group of strange clouds, and these strange clowns were pointed out to Brandy, and she was like, hey, bro, those aren't clouds. And it was like the second she acknowledged that those weren't clouds, they decloaked, and they were alien spaceships. <laughs> I, I am never gonna say that. If I see questionable clouds, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Those aren't clouds," and if that's go, if that's all it takes. Like, well, you, you also gotta think that, and what what these craft were. So these craft were uh, backup. They were with the Syrians. What? Yeah. So she had the two Syrians with her to help deal with the rogue set of grace on John's property. And the Syrians have backup. Alien backup. Yeah, cuz they're aliens. They're from the the Sirius constellation. And what's fucked up? What's fucked Bro, up? Bro, when you said Syrians, I thought you meant like from Syria. No. <laughs> no. No, I said constellation Sirius. <laughs> I mean, you nailed it. That's exactly what they are. 
makes, out of the park. It, it makes so much more sense now. Okay, good. Like, I'm where glad. Where did these Syrians get you <laughs> alien back <laughs> All right. Freaking Dude, nailed that. I'm, I'm over here looking at reptilian shit. I'm finding alien rep, reptile cult linked to murder. So I'm like, That's just awesome. fucking digging through here. And I'm like, oh, clearly they're from Syria if they're Syrians. Obviously. Anyways, so um, we're on the same page now. All right, finally. So, you know, these they 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 decloak to show their presence and they're like, "Yo, we got your backs. There's four of us up here, four ships. You're we're we're straight. It's good." And then they cloak themselves again to remain as clouds and be inconspicuous. <laughs> of course. So, just a flash, just say, hey, "Yo, we're here." I'm like, "Man, if the fucking Syrians have UFO backup, damn." USA needs to get some alien backup. That's what I'm saying, dude. But no, we're square now. But side I note, I'm an idiot. Side note here that I didn't really write about, but I remembered is that it's really weird because the Syrians. Have you ever seen the Netflix TV show called Travelers? Negative. No, damn it. Well, it's not going to be very helpful. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sure there's some of you out there who have seen that, and apparently that's how these Syrians operate. So in the in the TV show Travelers, and it apparently was in K-Pax and some other movies and shit, but, like, when, in Travelers, when somebody was on the verge of death, so just say you're getting ready to have a heart attack, and you have, like, that, oh... One too many monsters. You know, we'll just say you have a timer above your head, and it shows you got about 20 seconds to live. Well... When in the first and the last couple seconds, this person would take your body over right before you die. I mean, because they figure you're going to die, your body is going to waste, so I'm going to intercept your body now and live it through. You know, basically prevent you from having the heart attack, but your essence is now gone. Apparently, that's kind of what these Syrians do. That's how they get here, hmm. I guess. Does your... It's just a weird connection. You probably don't even have an answer, but does your essence just stop existing or does it move on to... That's a good question. Does it move on to a different body? K-Pax is a pretty good movie, too. I would imagine that it kind of moves on. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways, back to the the actual ranch situation. So Brandy and the Syrians are, are walking around and she started to notice a vibration coming from nearby and she pointed it out and... And the Jays, or she pointed out to the Jays, saying this is where the negative aliens congregate. And it was underground. They were drawn to, the the rogue aliens were drawn to the ranch for its positive energy. Which confused John because he was like, well wait a minute. If these are asshole aliens, why are they drawn to positive energy? Wouldn't it be more likely they'd be drawn to negative energy? Well, it gets explained to John that positive energy is the energy needed to create everything. Planet, just everything. Literally everything. So, whether it's bad or a good entity, it needs this to create things and to move forward. So, that's why they are actually drawn to it. You know, so they kind of get past this point, and John is just kind of like... He's just dumbstruck by everything that's going on. He's like, you know what? How about we just go walk around inside the house? We'll just we'll just start there, okay? <laughs> Let's cut right to the chase. Right. So they all go inside, and Brandy kind of gets walking around the house, and she walks into a particular room. Now, if you remember from the first or second just thinking the same episode thing. where the young boy committed suicide... Right. She picked up on this right away. And she's like, all right, there was a young man who committed suicide here and we are going to help him move on. So her and the Jays began to pray and she said what they were doing was sending as much love his way that they possibly could. As they were doing this, John was standing up against the wall watching him, and he said that the wall started to to heat up. And he said it felt 
the wall felt so hot that he thought his house was going to catch on fire. And then not long after that, he heard a voice from nowhere say, that was the most love that I've ever felt. And then it disappeared. And that's when she said he had moved on. I wonder if his spirit being trapped in the house has anything to do with any of the other extraterrestrial... I don't think so. I think because they... Or is the spot just a hot spot for fucking everything? Well, it's because there's portals on the property is why it's such a hot spot. Do it. Was was it Stardust that when they had the uh, priest and stuff come in, they yes. were all physically sick? Or did, yeah. Did they state as to whether Brandy or the Jays got any no, they physical didn't. ailments while they were there? Nope. They are probably but ready the, for it. Later on... <laughs> In the story, the the Jays do get fucked up. That's like not, yeah, it it it's pretty bad for them. But um, so they, you know, she clears that. And in the book, which I recommend everyone read because it is a really, really, really good read. I don't care what anybody says. Um, they go on to explain why love helped him move on, and that because John recounts how he feels like a dick that he's like, this poor kid has tormented himself for all these years, and I there wasn't anything that I could do to help him. And she comes in, and she's just like, listen, all you have to do is send him as much love as you need. Because I guess the way she explained it was that when you die tragic like that, the only way that you can move forward is by accepting what you did and getting basically getting over it and just lo- like loving yourself even though what you did was wrong it's just kind of like you you need to accept it like you you've got to get past this and he was so messed up that he just always relived that moment and and was just hard on himself basically which trapped him there so right after this case you know they they leave the room and John's like, all right, I want to take you over here where I think there's a portal. So they go in there, they sit down. She's like, all right, I want everybody to sit down in a circle. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some stuff here. So, which this is kind of weird because it, it kind of skims over it. But she apparently creates a portal. And these beings come through it. Right, the Grays. No, it was somebody else. I would assume. What? I would assume that it was more Syrians because whatever came through, and he said what she created was like a globe, and then it was like I picture like you remember that moment in Star Wars where they're playing that like digital chess. You ever? I've only seen like one Star Wars. Oh, really? It was I'm going to get, get butchered online for saying that. It was one of the old ones, the OG ones. But it, just imagine like a hologram chess game going on. John was like, it's basically like that. Like a, just she manifested like a hologram looking sphere. And two beings came out. And the beings that came out, or no, three beings came out. And they were all wearing breastplates and armor. And they That's were also carrying swords. Dope. Right? So. Could, I mean, could you imagine that? Just somebody, you know, a woman's in your living room and she's like, all right, sit down. I'm, I'm going to do some stuff. She opens up a portal and OG like, badass warriors walk out. <laughs> I can't imagine it. And Kyle would go get in his car and drive the fuck away. As soon I as that portal would. would open, Kyle would say, deuces. And yeah, I'm out of here. But it, I mean, it would be cool to see like straight up OG warriors walk out. Like as long as they weren't ready to fight you. It would be all right. Yeah, nothing you can do anyway. No. I mean, they're wearing breastplates, body armor, and carrying big-ass swords. Max body spray. I hope. <laughs> I hope. That but, is... And it just would be... They need to make a fucking movie I'm telling you. Out and, of it. And that's what... Like, I, I can't reiterate enough that... Like, if you read the book, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. And I, I realize that... You know, John did not re- write the book. It was obviously written by somebody who may pretty up words and stuff, but I don't know. Like, and it's such a like f- fantastic story. 
it would be really hard for one person to just completely make it all up, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's just everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm on board with that. And, I mean... I, I hope it's real. I do, too. I mean, I... In my in my heart, I feel like John's telling the truth. I'm not trying to fight Gray's, but it wouldn't. It, but if I have backup of intergalactic warriors, then I probably would. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And not it to mention, it's weird that the most efficient way to dispatch them is with swords. Is a fucking sword, right? And I never would have guessed. Or you just use them as a baseball bat. And I mean, that's what kind of gives me hope is that if John can punch a gray in the head, that means that I can punch a gray in the head. So fuck with me, bro. Let's use our Patreon uh, money to buy swords. They got to be like legit swords. They can't be no cheap ass Bud K magazine swords. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking Spencer's gift swords. Just hang them up in your in your house. That's what I'm. They can't be those. They got to be real. Which that would be amazing to have a real samurai sword. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would hang that on my wall. We should probably get new microphones first. Yeah, yeah. So for everybody that's supporting us, that's what you're going to be buying or helping us buy samurai swords. Samurai sword microphones. But we're not going off topic here. We are actually going to wrap this episode up. We're already pushing an hour. So yeah, sorry you're going to have that. to tune in again. Sorry. There's going to be so much Stardust Ranch. You're just going to get sick of hearing about it. I hope so. It's going to be dope. It will be like John's legit full story. But I'm, I, in my opinion, I'm not doing the book any justice. So go read his book. It is amazing. I even talked Steven to buying it. And the uh, Syrians are not from Syria. They're from yeah. the... Good way to drop the ball. Dropping the ball, dog. I am dumb as shit. Dropping the ball. But anyway, until next time, which for us is going to be about five minutes from here, come back and hang out with us at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to tune in and listen to us. Thanks for telling all your friends. Thanks for making this week fucking crazy the last two weeks. It's been awesome. It's unreal. Been a wild ride. You guys are the best. So until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and if a woman wants to open a portal inside your house and you let her, I hope that the beings that come through the portal are the good ones and not the bad ones. Yeah.